Welcome everyone to another edition of Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast, where we seek to provide you the tools to preserve and promote college radio. I'm Shane Garcia, and again today, I'm joined by the one and only Dr. Ralph, Doc Rock Antonin. How you doing, Doc? I am doing really well. We have listened to Mama's interview. We loved it. And today we are having one of the big leaders of the past, not too long ago. So I'm anxious to hear what she has to say. I am very excited about this guest that we have on today. And you know what, Doc? When we had started this adventure, you had told me, you know, college radio, it's not just about the broadcasters who are getting into it to, you know, do whatever type of broadcasting they want to do down the line as a career. It's way more than that. It's more so about the students who are getting involved and doing it as an extracurricular activity. And in turn, they develop some skills, they get involved in some leadership positions, and they find themselves in an array of positions that they never would have thought that they'd be in. And today's guest is very much that person. We are are very lucky to have on Christina Diefenderfer, who just graduated last year, I should say, from Millersville University, where she was, during that time period, a DJ at our college radio station, WIXQ. And throughout her time as a DJ, she held a variety of positions, including the secretary position, the music director position, the program director, and the station manager. So she did it all at the college radio station and way more beyond that. And I'm very excited to have her on. And Doc, I know you're very excited to have her on as well. Yes, I am. So I'm just going to sit back and listen. So without further ado, let's please welcome our guest to Scholastic Transmission here today, the one and only Christina Diefenderfer. Christina, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? I think I can speak for both Doc and myself by saying we're doing well because we have you on here today with us. (laughs) you know it's very important for us to have you on and it's very important to have on somebody who is in college radio fairly recently even though you spent a lot of time at millersville university and you're still at millersville university (laughs) getting your masters it's important to have somebody on this podcast talking about what they did here recently we might be able to talk about the past all day which we can talk about the past all day especially when our college radio station has been around for over 50 years, but it's important to talk about the students who who are doing their part to grow the college radio station today, and you have certainly done that during your time at WIXQ. I appreciate that. No, I did a lot of hard work when I was there, so just kind of doing my part to make sure that it's, like, preserved and goes on, because I know, like, the time that I was there, you can definitely see a culture shift in terms of college radio and just making sure that it stays around because it is really important not just to how you mentioned not just to broadcasting majors but also to i i came out of millersville with an international studies degree like i have nothing to do with broadcasting and it was really important to me too so it's really important to me that it um continues on the way that we've been able to enjoy it now i know your story you came into millersville and you changed your majors quite a number of times and what do you, you mean? <laughs> well, that's going to be my question for you. <laughs> what led you to this path? Because your path was always ever-changing, but more importantly, because college radio is the topic at hand, what made you get involved in college radio once you got at Millersville University? So I think the one thing that really stood out to me during my first orientation weekend was um, 
Peter Dingley and Curtis Silverwood at the table at the org outbreak. It was like 90,000 degrees. And so I was like, okay, I need to get inside. I need to not die of heat stroke. And there was Peter and Curtis. And honestly, I think it was like from that moment, I clicked with Peter like pretty much almost immediately. We started talking about different bands and stuff. And I was like, okay, let's check this out. I like music a lot. Um, did I have any idea that I was going to lead the way it did to the different positions that I was in? I, no, I didn't think so. I didn't think so at all. Because if Doc remembers the first day I came in for my music director interview, I did not talk at all. <laughs> at all. And so just kind of getting into that um, routine after um, the first DJ meeting, getting paired up with Peter, and kind of just going from there really just became a part of who I was and my college identity and kind of moving forward because it really did shape a fundamental part of me throughout uh, Millersville. Now, you had said there about how you really didn't talk at all, and I've heard you tell stories multiple times about that. When you first got there, how did you fit into the station and how did that evolve as your time went on then? That's a good question because when I first started, I really just went and did my show with Peter and I left. And then uh, when I started getting into the different kind of niche things, um, like looking into the different kind of subgenres of music and all that kind of stuff, it was mentioned to me that I would probably be good at the music director position. So kind of finding my footing there. Um, I was so shy when I first started in college, not even college radio, college in general. Um, and it was just, I think just kind of that breaking point of actually being able to go out into um, like an organization and put my mark on something and being able to kind of explore that different side of my personality, but also making my mark on WIXQ and an organization as a whole, if that makes sense. You know, I, I always remember you telling me about how you, you were so shy and Doc would always mention, and I know, Doc, you could probably talk a little bit about how shy Christina was there when you first met her. Yeah, I mean, I had to draw her out. I, I developed a nickname for her. I don't know if she still remembers the, the Swiss, Swiss Miss. Miss. Swiss Miss. And that was my attempt to draw her out because she would just sit there so quietly and I didn't know what she was doing. So I figured, well, this young lady keeps showing up to lunch and I gave her a name and let's see what happens. I mean, and, and of course, good things happen. Now I was kind of just introspecting and watching that I'm, I'm very much a watcher, a, a spectator. I like watching people. And I think that was, um, that's usually what I do to kind of feel the vibe of the, the vibe and the culture of the organization or whatever at hand. And so a lot of the time I was just kind of sitting there absorbing <laughs> when I was sitting there all quiet. Now, speaking of the culture there, Christina, you weren't necessarily someone who in Brace the weirder side of college radio. But I would actually say, though, that you did welcome that weirder side through some of your show names that you had or the IDs and the promos that you would create for the station. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I like, I don't think I necessarily look like the typical college, like what you would imagine as the typical college radio person. Um, but I definitely am a little weirdo. Um, I love like all the different um, things that you can be creative with and like just let anything pretty much go with that. Like doing the Midwestern ID, doing my Andrew Bird like type of like IDs and like all that kind of stuff. Um, so really just 
showcasing the fun parts of my personality, I think, um, really kind of drew that out there. And the one that I always remember, and I'm sure that will be played for years upon years to come until they decide to get rid of it, is the we disclaimer that we have at the top of the hour. I love that one. I think it's my legacy. <laughs> so for those who may not know, WIXQ plays ads at the top of the hour where we kick it off with the legal ID, throw a PSA in there, a show promo, and then a disclaimer saying that WIXQ is owned by Millersville University and blah, 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 blah. The opinion does not reflect DJs. the views of the DJs. <laughs> it certainly does not reflect the views of the DJs. But anywho, our uh, DJs can go in there and, you know, put any type of music, any type of sound effects in behind it, any kind of whatever. And Christina's has the Wii background music. What is it? The me music? Mm-hmm. If you just look at the plays that that thing has, because our DJs can pick the ads that they play too, for the most part, that thing is far beyond up there with with the top disclaimers that we have at the station. So, yeah, I would certainly say that you have embraced that weirder side a little bit, and you have welcomed it. Mm-hmm. That's the great thing about college radio too, because you know you can do whatever you really want to please. And I'm very fortunate that the crea- uh, the culture that Doc created has allowed so many people to do that over these past. 40 years, Doc, since you have been in charge, or you were in charge, I should say. It's just something that I will always carry with me. I don't know. I'm sure that you probably will too, Christina. Mm-hmm. So we sort of talked about this here a little bit ago, but I think this is more so a broader question, but you can probably dive into this a little bit more. How did college radio and how did Millersville University's radio station bring you out of your shell? I think there was a difference between being a DJ and starting those leadership roles because I was still relatively in my shell when I was just a regular DJ. Um, But starting those different leadership roles, starting with music director, I started to talk more, started to find my footing, started to find my confidence. And then going from there... I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life and had that really fun adventure where I was going to go to Westchester. But then I came back after that. And that's when I really feel like I found my confidence in my footing because I was really involved. People actually addressed me as if I knew what I was talking about, which I guess I did. And just kind of figuring out those things and like uh, interactions with my peers and that I actually do know what I'm doing and kind of bringing that personality out that I am a confident person. I can do these things. I do have an authority of what I'm talking about because I am good at what I do type of thing. What made you pursue a leadership role at the station then? I wasn't going to do the music director position at all. I was like, well, maybe I'll do it, but probably not. I almost didn't go to my interview, Um, (laughs) but I I did. And so uh, I think it was Priscilla that mentioned to me that I should do it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll try it out. I'll see anyone else. So I'll be running unanimously. And so it'll be fine. And then lo and behold, I did it. (laughs) So well, old me. And then you had said that you went to, well, you were planning on going to Westchester, but lo and behold, you ended up back at Millersville University. And a short time later, you were secretary and then station manager. Oh, yeah, I really slid into that secretary role. I think it was, like, by chance, because after I basically was um, not denied entry into Westchester, that's not the right word. It's like every cosmic energy was preventing me from having an easy time going and transferring, which 
definitely worked out in the end. And I came back and I was kind of just chilling for a few months. I was like, okay, if something happens, if there's a snap election, I'll run for it. And there was the secretary position that had opened up because one of our DJs and council members had taken a either gap semester or withdrew from the university. And so I was like, okay, I can show my chops as secretary. I can show that I am still very dedicated to this organization and go from there. And then I think it was around like February or March that I was like, I really want to be that leadership role. I want to be that kind of, not identity, but that kind of forefront role and be the mover and shaker to get things moving along in the station. And lo and behold, I became station manager in May of 2018, which feels like so long ago now. That is bonkers to me. It feels like just yesterday I was messaging you about plans that we had for the station that fall. Yeah, right. <laughs> I remember cleaning out the station or like cleaning out my office to um, to get everything all situated to have like my kind of energy in the in the office and i remember you coming in and going through all the things that we were planning on doing because i was like we're gonna hit the ground running we're gonna go and it didn't exactly happen that way because i know that you were dealt some difficulties during your time as station manager how did that affect you uh very frustrating <laughs> um it was very much stop and go i wanted to kind of hit everything like right away i wanted to get meetings started i wanted to have my council ready to go. I wanted to have everything just go because I'm one of those people where I'm like, go, go, go. I'm, I'm ready. But, um, I realized not everyone is like me. Um, and also there are some things within the, um, club structure as a whole of, um, different administrative aspects that I wasn't completely aware of yet, or had not been pointed out to me that I needed to know about. And, I don't think we even had our first DJ meeting until the 22nd of September, if I remember correctly. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, why is this taking so long? And I'm like, it's not me, I promise. Um, so just having that, having my confidence shaken that way was not fun. I think I remember telling you in my office, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, definitely one of the hardest things I've ever done being station manager and having to deal with the failures and having to deal with that emotional roller coaster up and down um, throughout the year, but especially during the beginning, that was so turbulent for no reason. But eventually you did pick up some steam and you were able to rely on not only some of the, the members that were there on your council, but you you would pick things up then as well yourself once you'd gotten some of the kinks ironed out. and Yeah. It took a while, but you got there. Definitely by November, I would say, like, it was a lot smoother sailing. But how did your time as a leader really help develop some characteristics within you that you're able to use and apply today? Honestly, everything that I was doing, even though it's not technically specific to the field that I'm in, which is international studies, political science, um, all that kind of stuff, just people interacting with people is the biggest thing understanding how to have inner interpersonal interactions intercultural interactions you meet everyone coming into wixq and being able to talk to people being able to have people that you can rely on having people rely on you that's such a big part of anything that i would be doing because a lot of what i'm a lot of the work that i'm doing is geared towards humanitarian aid and humanitarian work and people or that's it's the business of people and helping people and getting things moving and a lot of the projects that i was doing you're interacting with people you're getting 
semantics and specifics of things that are going into this project that you're working on. And it's basically the same thing when it comes to grant writing, when it comes to project proposals, all of that good stuff. So although it wasn't necessarily specific to humanitarian aid or international development that I was working on at the station, that translates so seamlessly into what I'm doing now and prepping for my future career, fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> but just being able to have all those skill sets um, really, I think, has prepared me a lot more than I would have ever imagined a college radio leadership position would have ever offered me. And that's just the magic of college radio. You just never know, for one, what it's going to have an effect on you. And two, it's such a breeding ground for so many different things, whether or not it's the music, whether or not it's the personalities that are on the air or those who become leaders then in the end. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree with that. Now, you had stepped down as station manager then and you had kind of transitioned then into becoming the program director during your final year uh, when you were going to get your bachelor's. How did your time as station manager help you prepare the next station manager then for the 2019-2020 school year? Making all of the different lists, I'm a list person, of everything that needed to transition from my time into another time. Because I think that is a challenge in and of itself, transitioning, because that is a make or break time. People can either run with what you give them or drop it. And I think that having the list of everything that would need to be done, so checklists of what needs to be done over the summer, fall, spring, to prep for everything, and making sure that everything was prepared for the 2019-2020 year, except I didn't have a plan for COVID because I didn't realize that was going to be a thing. Silly me. And just kind of figuring that kind of stuff out and helping Rachel and the incoming council just kind of dive in head first the way that I wanted to when I was in that position and then also taking a step back and not micromanaging because that's so distressing <laughs> when you're in a certain role and you have someone like nitpicking and criticizing everything you're doing I, like I didn't want to be that person so knowing how to help and knowing when to step back I think made the year after also successful. And Doc, I know you have commonly talked about the ability or having the ability to then step back or some who might not have that ability to step back and what effect it can have on the radio station. Yeah, the, the leadership uh, obviously was outstanding that Christina did, and I've studied the leadership. She fits the mold of a good leader. Uh, obviously, there are some people who've had the position she held that just didn't take the leadership role. I mean, there's that's the danger of college radio when you have people interview they sound good they think they're going to go into the and take hold and, and lo and behold they just disappoint you i mean there's no other way to put it uh christina was really a good leader and understood fully leadership is loneliness. he got that very clear that little bottle oh very clear very quickly yeah. And also, the, 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 what I was embarrassing is she wrote one of the best papers I ever read as a college professor on uh, political correctness, I guess mm -hmm. it would, would call that, and, and, and very, very insightful. That's when I knew that this young lady was going to be a really outstanding leader when I read her paper. I'll stop with that because uh, I, I, I just, I know, I know what leadership is. I've written on it, and I, there's a leader right there. <laughs> Thank you. I do appreciate that. So I have to ask you, Christina, because you have brought it up and because it is very relevant still today, 
you had said that your experience as a you know Millersville University student at the time and as a DJ at WIXQ was cut short because of COVID. What was that like going through that time period and not having that finality, having the ability to say goodbye in the way that you wanted to have? In a word, I would just say traumatizing. <laughs> um, it was seven weeks, I think, before. I, it was March 11th. I remember I was doing my makeup. I had one eyebrow done. I remember this very clearly. I was. I always have my email open when I was doing my makeup. And then I'm like, what is going to happen? Like, what? And when I went home after it was supposed to be a two-week break, a year and a half later, um, <laughs> uh, having that... Um, just ripped away I had put so much of my time my soul into this organization and I turned the station off I I went in with Noah and I remember we walked over and I turned it off and I remember saying I don't know if I'm going to be back I don't know when we're going to be back but I'll catch you on the flip side and I haven't been on since and it really is just a sucky feeling to like just put it bluntly um there's something about putting like your entire blood, sweat, and tears into an organization. I've cried in that station. I have done a lot of good work in that station. And to just not be able to do what I wanted to do in the last seven, eight weeks was just really disheartening. Um, I mean, I'm glad that the year after, so I wasn't uh, a DJ at the time. I'm glad that there was still some sort of radio going on. Was I a little jealous that um, that my boyfriend was able to go over every week? <laughs> yeah, because um, I, I wanted to finish my show. And um, but I was I was happy that they still got to do that um, because like at least you have more than what I had, because a lot of the seniors that I talked to, I remember like talking to Ben Shad. I remember uh, texting him and I was like, or I think it was like a Facebook message. And I was like, um yeah, this kind of, like, sucks. I'm really proud of, like, you doing what you do, but, like, it just kind of sucks that, like, it got cut short. I don't know. Still processing through it, I guess. I hope you were able to have the ability to come back and have, like, an alumni show, even if you have the chance to just hop in there and just get on the air. I mean, you probably could if you really wanted to, but I hope you're able to have that, you know, that goodbye I did ask Dr. Woodall if I could have one last semester. I was like, would you be okay if I had a show next semester? So I just need to talk to whoever the uh, program director is. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I can I can do it because there's something about um, a global pandemic cutting uh, your entire life into pre-March and post-March that really just kind of grinds your gears, I guess. I remember I had stopped in the station uh, like one of the final days. I think it might have even been the final day that there were classes on campus. And I remember you saying to me, I think I just had my last class. Yeah. And <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. I, 206 in McComsey, Dr. Bookmiller's Middle Eastern Foreign Policy class. I will never forget that. I remember we're sitting there and we're like, um, what's going on? And because everyone was like, Dr. Bookmiller, what's going on? And he didn't know. And I think that's what scared all of us the most because Dr. Bookmiller is such an intelligent man. He knows so many things. And then just to have everyone be like, what's what's going to happen is terrifying. Your cuts short. You won't be able to see your friends for God knows how long. Um, like, it, it's a lot. And just knowing that that finality was cut short seven weeks was awful. <laughs> Now, because it's still so fresh, and I hate to keep on dwelling on the negatives here, but I promise you it's going to get better after this question. 
do you look back at any point on your time in college radio and wish you would have done things a little bit differently at all? I do. I wish I wasn't so apathetic by the end of my time as station manager, just because I was getting so frustrated with everything and just burnt out. And I, I was just kind of showing up just to do it. And it kind of became a chore to me. And I think having that cut short was just really frustrating to me. And looking back and thinking, oh, I like wasted so much of my time being apathetic and frustrated like I would take that back in an instant and I would realize how special those moments were and how limited they really are in the long run. Now, on a much brighter note here, and we had sort of talked about this a little bit earlier, I'd ask you how it helped prepare you, how your leadership roles prepared you or what you really took away from your time in college radio. But again, just to revisit it, how did your time in college radio help you as a student but not only as you look ahead to the future, what skills have you truly taken away? Um, I definitely know how to work under stress, know how to work under intense pressure. <laughs> um, I, I really think that it's just planning and being able to think critically and to analyze situations that most people don't get the opportunity to be exposed to. Delegating things and being able to work with others having that time to just kind of introspect on how I interact with people, how I interact with an organization, how I interact with the culture, all of those kinds of things that helped me grow as a student, that helped me grow as a person, that helped me grow as a professional. There are a lot of things that I took away from WIXQ more than I can even think of or name because I, I really just feel like I blossomed as a person throughout my time there, especially the last three years that I was there, uh, two years, last two years that I was there. And yeah, I just, a lot of, a lot of these things that you take for granted, if you don't get these opportunities to be exposed to, to different scenarios, like how I had as station manager, program director and everything in between. How do you think your life would be different today without your time in college radio? A lot more boring. <laughs> I, a lot of my most cherished memories are really down in that station. I slept in that station during Vinyl Thon. I grew as a person. I got a couple scholarships from my time in college radio. I wouldn't have met Noah. We wouldn't have been together for a year and a half. A lot of things would be different. I don't even know if I would be in the field that I'm in just because I came back primarily because I knew that WIXQ would be a home instead of taking a semester off after Westchester was off the table. And that's when I switched back to international studies and really just took off from there. Basically, pretty much everything of my life would be a lot different. I don't even know if I would have uh, still been in college because I was thinking about dropping out after that. There are a lot of things, but those are the main ones, I would say. And you're not the only one who said that you, you don't know if you would still be in college if it wasn't for college radio. I've heard so many different people say that. And Doc, you know that's pretty darn true, too. Yep. It's uh, the sense of belonging. It's actually in theory and uh, of uh, what makes people graduate and retain them in school. And it's uh, very often an extracurricular activity, uh, something beyond the classroom. So this is theoretically a, a classic case uh, of what Ernie Boyer calls a sense of community. A sense of community. I'm glad to offer you a case study. Christina, what are you most thankful for from your time in college radio? 
That's a good question. So much. I I really appreciate the memories and the skills that I've learned. Obviously, I the interpersonal relationships that I've been able to garner um, growth in my musical taste just as a general thing, because that's what we're there to do, uh, explore music and things like that. Everything that I got from that. Honestly, I just who I am as a person was very much shaped by WIXQ, my time there, my positions there, everything. So I really would say that it is hard to pinpoint one thing to be thankful for, honestly. Sitting next to Doc at lunch. That's it. Really? Yeah. Doc, you listen to me complain about foreign policy all the time. Yeah, we had some great conversations (laughs) about Finland and foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of different. We were everywhere, but I, I really enjoyed interacting uh, with you mm-hmm. on those matters because my my that that part of me never died even when I retired. That part <laughs> of me is still alive today, hopefully, <laughs> as I turn eighty-one. So as we wrap up our interview here today with Christina Diefenderfer, I have one last question for you. And you had said it's hard for you to pinpoint one thing, but I'm really going to ask you to pinpoint one thing here, but you don't have to if you don't want to. So if you could tell just one thing to anyone involved in college radio, whether they're a student DJ, whether or not they're the advisor, a staff member of the radio station, a listener, or even somebody at the university keeping tabs on what you're doing, what would you tell them about the importance of college radio? It's more than just a, a club of broadcasting wizards going on on the what what do you call that the switchboard? See, I don't even know. I'm not a broadcasting person. Um, and it's more than just that. It's it's everything that you that you do while you're there. The it's the memories that you make. It's the way that you change as a person really because you come in or at least in my case you come in as a like really shy 18 year old and then you leave a um covid jaded 23 year old but uh, in most cases you leave um gaining a lot out of it um learning all these different skills so just just the learning i mean that's my biggest thing the the education that you get outside of the classroom for yourself and for the different skill sets that you learn. I, re- I really value that more than anything, I think. And I'm going to pinpoint two things because I'm really indecisive. Um, so the learning aspect, the education aspect, and the interpersonal relationships. Like there are some people that I know that I will talk to for a decent amount of time um, if phones don't like explode when 5G hits us all, like that kind of thing. And just being able to keep in touch with so many great people. Yeah, those are my two pinpoints. Christina Diefenderfer, college radio DJ, secretary, station manager, program director. Thank you very much for joining us today here on Scholastic Transmission. Thank you for having me. I I was actually really honored and surprised that you were like, hey, come on the show. Because like, I, I, I knew of this project for quite some time that you were trying to work on this. And it's it's an honor. We were thinking, Doc and I were talking. It's like, we got to have somebody on here who was in it recently and somebody who was really in it themselves, not just in it to do the show, but in it for the long haul, in it to grow the station. And you were the first name that hit both of our minds and we had to have you on. So I'm very glad that you were able to come in and and sit down with us today and, and come on Scholastic Transmission. I appreciate it.
Well, Doc, that was a really good interview today, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Christina is, uh, you don't like to say you have favorites, but Doc's going to admit she is one of my favorites in terms of <laughs> the many, many years I've seen station managers, program directors. I mean, she filled all the roles. That's a rarity. That, uh, the thing that amazed me, she went from station manager to program director. That was never done in my entire history. Ever? Never. Nobody Back. never went from station manager to program director. And that was really impressed me. That in essence, on, 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 a, on a chart, the station manager is above the program director. That you went down instead of up. And that really impressed me. That impressed me. So, Doc, from one station manager to another, we are bringing on a very, very dedicated member to WIXQ on episode number 15 of Scholastic Transmission. You may know him as the longest reigning station manager in the history of the station. The one and only Andrew Wheeler will be joining us. Yes, and he does hold a record for three semesters, uh, three years of being station manager which we can ask him why he would possibly do that. And also, he lives in Canada. So I'm anxious to hear what he has to say. I'm looking forward to it, Shane. And he's still in college radio, too. All these years later, he's never left. Almost like Doc Rock. Uh, I never left college. I guess you could say I know as though I never left college radio, either. You're right. <laughs> I never thought about it before. You never had a real job either. No, thank you, Mama. Thank you. But hey, you benefited. You can stay up to date with Scholastic Transmission all across social media by following us at College Radio Pod to get your Scholastic Transmission social media fix. And be sure to share the podcast with your friends, with your family, and anybody, anybody that loves college radio. So until next week, when we sit down with CJLO 1690 AM's Andrew Wheeler, for Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin and Christina Diefenderfer, I'm Shane Garcia. Thanks for listening to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. Class is dismissed.